Australia on SEN track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz Well, Australia is in the grip of racing fever, and I'm sure that fever is filtering across the Tasman at the moment as well. Not only in the thoroughbreds, but also in the Greyhound game. We have the Hume Cup here in Melbourne, and that creates a lot of buzz around the Greyhound racing industry in Australasia. And there's a lot to look forward to in New Zealand as well. You've got the Galaxy Group 1 Sprint Semis that are going to be run in Addington uh, on Wednesday. And there's a lot to look forward to in the coming weeks as we welcome you to another edition of Kiwi Chasing dissecting the latest greyhound racing news in New Zealand. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. Visit grnz.co.nz. Damien Watson's my name and welcoming to the show once again our two main stars from New Zealand. Firstly, I bring in Mark Rosanowski. Andy McCook will join us in just a moment as well. But Rosso, all the best to you and happy Cup Week. Yeah, thank you, Damien. Look, the same to you. It's a wonderful time of the year to be in the racing industry. We love Melbourne Cup Week here. Derby Day yesterday was fabulous. Cox played a week ago. So we get caught up in that. And then we've got our own New Zealand Cup Week, which comes off the back of Melbourne. So that fortnight is very special to racing and sporting fans here uh, in New Zealand. Now, on that Wednesday meeting, you talk about the Galaxy Group 1 Sprint, and we're going to talk about the Galaxy with our first guest very shortly, Callum Weir, who knows what it takes to win a Galaxy. He did it twice with an outstanding short-course sprinter called Swimming Goat. But uh, the New Zealand Cup is the $100,000 Group 1 prize on finals night, which is Thursday the 11th of November. So there's four semi-finals for the Cup, four semi-finals for the Galaxy on Wednesday, and also there's now a third Group 1 race on Thursday the 11th, and that's the New Zealand Stayers Cup, which used to be run in the winter, and last year was pushed back. So um, we have the ultimate three Group 1s all on the same card on the 11th of November, and lots of semis, two lots of semis, uh, of four each for the Cup and the Galaxy, so eight races this coming Wednesday, and then two hits for the New Zealand Stars Cup. So 10 of the 12 race card on Wednesday have significance for dogs making Group 1 finals. Andy McCook, as I bring you in, that makes Wednesday possibly the most special Greyhound meeting in the country right throughout the whole year. Yeah, it certainly does, Rosso. It's, uh, it's one of the best race cards on the program uh, throughout the entire country. We have the best greyhounds that uh, that New Zealand has to offer with travelling trainers as well. And, uh, of course, all the locals uh, going to war as well. So uh, it's going to be a good day on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, always a super day as, uh, as I bring you my part of the show today from uh, very close to the coalface, Rosso. I'm at Eddington Raceway Park in the car park. I'm surrounded by barking dogs. So hopefully that doesn't come across too loudly in the chat. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you, uh, Andy. Look, I, unfortunately, I'm just having trouble hearing you at the moment, but Callum is coming on to the line, so I'm going to let you, Andy, take over and uh, chat to uh, to Callum about, look, the dogs he's got in today by Swimming Goat, who was his two-time Galaxy winner, and uh, also, of course, the fact that he has got three runners in the semis uh, this coming Wednesday, Andy. So I'll let you take it away with Callum. 
Oh, I reckon I could probably handle that, Rosso. Callum, as uh, we welcome into uh, you into the show, and we'll say a very good morning to you. Good morning to you and to Mark as well. Pleasure to have you on the show, uh, Callum. Of course, you had some greyhounds uh, venture down from the central districts, which isn't something we see. It's usually the other way in greyhound racing in New Zealand, but uh, some of them going very nicely through the heats last week. Uh, they make their way through to the semi-finals. We'll start off with Thrilling Millie, who uh, is a small-framed runner. She comes up with box eight for her semi-final, but she was good enough here first up. Yeah, I thought ideally she was drawn well in box one in her heat and she should improve quite a lot. And Kelly's mentioned that she doesn't mind it out wide, so hopefully uh, she'll need to jump and try and get across them. Uh, she's pretty tiny compared to the others, but she's done everything right so far, and we'll probably just need a bit of luck, I think, with her. A greyhound that you knew pretty well before he made his way back down has got Jim Murphy, of course, uh, bred by you and owned by you. So he was no stranger to Eddington Raceway having been broken in here, but his performance for third in the fastest heat behind Typhoon Tim was solid enough? Yes, he was very tired the next day. I think he gave it everything he had. Obviously, the dog that won is, um, looks like it's going to be a phenomenal sprinter in New Zealand. So I'm pretty proud of his effort first up. He hadn't trolled uh, very impressive or uh, up to the C5 class. So it was really um, good to see him show what he can do in, on, in a field. But once again, uh, the, uh, the middle draw is going to be quite difficult for him. But he's got the early speed and... Yeah, he seems to do everything right. It's just that last little bit, he sort of struggles. But, yeah, he's done us proud so far. Obviously, the most impressive of the three of them was the uh, heat winner in Portelli Punk. And 17.07, first race day appearance at Addington Raceway was solid. Very strong through the line. And he comes up with a nice draw for his semi-final in box number three. Yes, I just watched the replay before. Uh, he probably didn't jump as good as we sort of need to in the semis. But he's one that doesn't need to lead, which is unusual for us. Usually the ones we have have to be in the lead quite easily, you know, to be a chance. So it's interesting this year we've got one that can come from behind. And we're very lucky that Kelly has trusted us with all her dogs. And with all the COVID restrictions, it sort of made sense to send them down so they could have a look and not travel back and forth and uh, get stuck in a different island, which would be not ideal. So, yeah, full credit to Kelly for uh, trusting us with him especially, um, but he's yeah, he looks the good. Just have to hope he does everything right next week. Yeah, he comes up with a good draw, and uh, obviously, uh, credit to Kelly, as you say, they must have come down in uh, pretty good nick to be uh, competing first up in Galaxy Heats and running the time that uh, Portelli Punk was able to run. Yes, he only had one trial here and went 17 19, and he looked a wee bit lost on the bend, so I was quite impressed that he could power around the corners and didn't sort of slow down like some of our other ones would uh, being quick early. So he's sort of uh, one of those dogs that's up between 300 and 500 metres, sort of a 400 metre dog. Uh, but yeah, he really excelled last week and it was good to see him sort of stretch out and uh, just gave us a bit of confidence that if he doesn't lead early, we still have a chance of running the top two, provided he gets a clean run. At the opposite end of the spectrum, Callum, we have uh, a couple of maiden sprinters going around today. Well, you've got three maiden sprinters in, and uh, the first race here at Eddington Raceway is set to get underway uh, just a tick before lunchtime, our time. So in around half an hour uh, in race number one, of course, you uh, you go to the boxes with a uh, dog drawn box number six and gotcha Kobe. So far, he's probably looked like he'd be more comfortable closer to the rail, but you'd think a win is uh, in short notice for him. 
Yes, um, as soon as the box is open, he goes straight left. So we've had some real issues with him bouncing off dogs early. Uh, that's probably cost him most of his races so far. He's a, quite a handy dog, but he just hasn't really shown it yet. Um, he's just that one stride slow early and heads left. And unfortunately, unless he gets box one every week, he's sort of going to find himself in trouble. We tried to do a wee bit of box work yesterday to get him coming out straighter, and he'd come out even worse. So, yeah, he's uh, desperate for the rails, and he chases as hard as any, but he just yeah does those couple of things wrong early, which is going to cost him uh, until he learns what to do. We move on to race number three, where you've got two going around. Both first starters, Kirkby and El Padrino. Kirkby winning uh, his qualifying trial at a 17.77 and comes up with a decent draw for a debut effort. Yes, actually the five dog was unlucky not to win the quali. Uh, he was railing underneath Kirkby and uh, quite a strong dog. And Kirkby come back down and gave him... Uh, the shoulder and put him back and actually took out Kirby himself. So they are better than the the quali run, but they've both drawn the wrong way, I think. Kirby likes to jump and uh, a straight line and the five dog likes to cut across and doesn't have too much early speed, but will run home faster than Kirby. So it's going to be very interesting. I just hope uh, they sort of learn a bit while, while they go through the grades, hopefully. Two of those uh, maidens out of the same litter, of course, uh, Kirkby and uh, Gotcha Kobe, both by the great swimming goat who, uh, while we're talking uh, Galaxy, being that time of the year, a greyhound who was able to win back-to-back uh, -back Galaxies and a dog who uh, who probably uh, put you on the map as a trainer. Yes, no, uh, we owe so much to him. He's still living with us at home and I'm sure he's going to live out the rest of his life with us. Yeah, it's been an incredible journey and it's still something I can look back on now and be very proud of. Yeah, just uh, we're, we're striving to get another one, but realistically, we may never see one, but it won't stop us trying to find one just as good enough, uh, if not consistent like him. Yeah, it'd be amazing. But yeah, it was a fantastic time in my life and one that's helped me grow as a person as well, which is good. Yeah, it always helps, doesn't it? Uh, talk, talk us through, Callum, what it was like training a dog like Swimming Goat. Obviously, uh, he went through big periods of, of being unbeaten. Did that add extra pressure on to you? Is that something you felt a lot with a, a dog like him? I think when I think back, uh, when we equaled the, the winning record was probably the most nervous I've been because he loved it out wide and he missed away uh, by a stride or so, which wasn't like him, and I thought it would be all over then, but he held off and won quite easily, and then... After that, the pressure sort of went off and then you sort of uh, get that unrealistic view that you'll never be beaten. And when it happened, it was a bit of a shock to the system, you know, uh, after sort of six months straight of not being beaten. But uh, in the end, it was actually at the right time because, you know, a couple of weeks later, it could have been the final of one of the galaxies and, he, yeah, it could have been a different story. So we're very lucky with what happened yeah, and, and the way it panned out. A greyhound that won 57 of his 89 races in total, so obviously a few to choose from, Callum, but is there one of those races that stands out as uh, one of his better wins for you or one that uh, sort of one of those races that you'll never forget for, from him? Uh, probably the second Galaxy because we uh, had a heap of niggles going into it. I didn't think we had any chance and I uh, spoke to Jason Dunn and asked if he could have a help, help me check him over and make sure I wasn't missing little bits and pieces uh, that were niggling him and sure enough Jason helped and um, 
yeah, he told me what to do and, and we carried on and sure enough, we were very lucky to get the box won. But if it wasn't for Jason's help, um, I don't think we would have been a chance of even making the final. So, yeah, I'm very thankful for all the people that helped me throughout just, yeah, mentally as well. It was a big help to reassure that we're doing the right thing and that we're not missing too much and that we were doing the best for the dog. Yeah, so we're very help, uh, lucky and that's probably one race, even though it might not have been its best performance or biggest margin or fastest time, it was one that, yeah, uh, that I didn't think was possible when, yeah, he, sh he showed me different. And of course, he, he now stands at stud, Callum, and obviously we see a couple of yours lining up today by him. Um, has he had much use as a sire? Is he, is he getting many girlfriends coming around to pay him a visit as yet? No, there's uh, only two litters so far, and they're both ours. He's got um, nine pups to zipping Marlissa, uh, who left quite a few handy wee ones, so hopefully they'll turn out good. They chase very hard, but they've also had a lot of injury problems and uh, two COVID lockdowns has sort of put the first litter, um, yeah, just sort of the spelling was at the wrong time when everything got locked down, so they sort of went six months without trialling just at home during a couple of periods, so... That's why they're a bit later in racing than what we would have liked. But, you know, they just seem to lose a bit of fitness over that time. So hopefully the next litter we can sort of get them broken in and uh, race them a lot quicker than we have with this litter. But once they learn, these ones should be OK. Yeah, he certainly was a superstar greyhound and uh, hopefully he can get utilised uh, a little bit more at stud. Callum, well, we, uh, we thank you very much for your time. Good luck today with uh, your maidens going around and obviously good luck on Wednesday with the semi-finals of the big one. Thank you. Yeah, let's fingers crossed for everything. That was uh, Callum Weir, Mark Rosanowski, as we bring you back in, a guy who uh, certainly knows how to put the polish on a, a greyhound who's going to win a group one, there's no doubt about that, and gee, the way poor Tally Punk went last week, a greyhound that, uh, that you know a fair bit about, you would have to think he might just be competitive come Wednesday. Yes, indeed, Andy, and uh, we wish Callum well, and of course, Kelly Lincoln Papuni as well, who has sent those three greyhounds down as, uh, as Callum mentioned there. Isn't it very tough for uh, greyhounds that perform extremely well in New Zealand to actually attract um, breeders here, Andy? Obviously, we have access, quite easy access these days to uh, some of the best blood in the world, so we can get, you know, Fernando Bale or Dinah Double One, and it makes it difficult for dogs uh, like Swimming Goat, for example, um, to attract the attention that they otherwise would have. Yeah, it does make it difficult. Obviously, he was a, a very fast dog, wasn't he? Winning 57 of his 89 races, a, a very, very high winning strike rate of a, around 64%. It's kind of hard to get better than that. I guess, Rosso, the thing that he has in him, though, is, is the fact that he was a short-course greyhound. And uh, these days, people looking to try and breed the next New Zealand Cup winner. Uh, so looking for sort of 500 or even Derby dogs or Oaks, uh, Oaks bitches. So obviously, people trying to look for, for 500-metre dogs, 600-metre dogs, and looking to, to throw a bit of strength through their line. So that might be the one downfall he has. But gee whiz, if you're, if you're looking to inject some speed into your into your, uh, your bitch or uh, looking to inject some speed into your pups, because Rosa, at the end of the day, we all know that's what you need to win races is speed. No matter what distance you're racing over, Swimmy Goat, you'll certainly inject a little bit of that. Indeed, uh, Andy. Now you talk about uh, breeding New Zealand Cup winners. Well, Damien, as we come back to you very shortly, Andy and I will have a look at the four semi-finals for the 2021 Suck It Up Limited 
New Zealand Greyhound Cup. There were seven heats on Thursday. You'll recall last week we spoke to uh, Dave Fahey. The Fahey Kennel have produced nine New Zealand Cup winners and uh, they had 13 runners going into the heats last week and they have the two favourites in the current fixed odds futures market as we go into the semis with It's a Blaze and also Opawa Superstar. We'll talk about them and other dogs in the Cup semi shortly. Yeah, absolutely. And later on in the program, just a reminder for the listeners out there, uh, Rosso, you'll be chatting in depth with Scott Eaton, the New South Wales-based owner of Federal Morgan, who was this week named the New Zealand Greyhound of the Year. Hope you're enjoying Kiwi chasing on this Sunday morning. Certainly Andy's dogs are. You can hear them in the background, just uh, the biggest fans of this show, I'd imagine. Uh, you are listening to SEN Track for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosadowski and Andy McCook. And Rosso certainly pretty happening as we touched on and alluded to before the break. We had seven heats of the New Zealand Cup, which were held last Thursday. Yes, indeed, and we um, probably only lost a couple that we expected would get through. Raja Bale, who's ended up as the first reserve for the four semi-finals, big-time Kaylee, a Group 1 winner down there at Addington, was uh, run up the track when she was handy and wasn't able to qualify uh, in a particular heat. Other than that, Andy McCook, most are through and looking forward to the semi-finals of the Suck It Up New Zealand uh, Cup, Greyhound Cup, $100,000 stake final, of course, for um, the Thursday, November 11th final. But it's this coming Wednesday, and the first four races on the card, they're starting 5.13 New Zealand time, 3.13 Melbourne time. First semi-final of the Cup features Opawa Travis, who's been sent back south by uh, Pocono trainer Phil Green to owner Daryl McLaughlin. Won its heat in a 30-03 and defeated the defending champion Rock on John, and they come up against each other in the first semi. And he was good too, wasn't he? Opawa Travis. Gee, he's just uh, he's racing so well at the moment. He's been in good, uh, consistent form up north for a very long time. He's made some very nice finals, and of course, bringing that down and transferring that form back to Addington, a track he's very familiar with. Obviously, being uh, bred and uh, broken in here by the uh, Robin Wales team out at Opawa. He was good. He's got plenty of strength on his side. Opawa Travis does like the rail, so he draws close enough to uh, to make himself or uh, to put himself right into contention. It's an interesting heat on paper. They were semi-final, uh, Rosso, with uh, two of the out-and-out speedsters of the series both going uh, against each other here, Leonard Bale and Rock on John, both getting to the back mark in quick times. They're both very, very quick off the lids. You would expect some improvement from Leonard Bale. That was... Uh, his first 500 in a, a wee while as the most recent start had been done at Invercargill over the 390 metres. So although his run home not strong, he's still run a 30 and 26. And Rosal, if he can burn to the back mark in a 1760, 1770 that we know he has in him, uh, he might be the dog in front that they're trying to gun down. And the top two in each semi-final going through to the $100,000 final. A power Travis, $14 in the New Zealand TAB futures market. Leonard Bale at 16, defending champion Rock on John at 26. Uh, semi-final number two, Andy, features a dog called Opawa Superstar that we spoke to Dave Fahey about last week. He is an unbelievable talent. He's very, very young, welped in February 2020. He's won 10 from 12. 
29.80.90 won his heat in, which was the second fastest, only by two one-hundredths of a second. He's now 3.5 second favourite to take out the cup. He's not even two years old yet. He's uh, a C3 graded chaser. He was C2 coming into this uh, event and or into the series. Of course, last week's win putting him up to class three. Not really a whole lot more you can say about the dog Rosso. He, he's just starting to become the whole uh, the, the, the all round package. Early on in his career, he, he wasn't always that good early, but his last few starts, he's just been able to pick it relatively clean and put himself uh, on the lower early. And he, he's just running times that if he does it again, it's a case of how do they beat him if, if he begins and gets a clean run. He's run 29.89, his last two. Before that, a 30.03. Uh, he's just a uh, he's a very, very well-named dog. I, I think that's about all you can say about him, really. Opal was superstar. I thought Bahati Bale was good first up uh, in the country and behind no keeper. Got a little bit lost into the first corner. You would expect improvement from uh, the well-bred uh, girl out of Fanta Bale. So she's certainly bred in the purple. And... Uh, Expecting runs out wide as well, yeah, Rosso, from uh, from Epic Cruise and Big Time Atomic. I know Atomic uh, dead set rail painter, and uh, hopefully he doesn't come out clean enough to get in Cruise's face because that would just about bring me to tears. But thought Cruise was good enough last week on a track that seemed to be suiting the Greyhounds getting out in front. He found all sorts of trouble, picked himself up nicely to run home for fourth, and Atomic showed really good speed down the back straight to actually sort of put his head in front of It's a blaze, and he just weakened on the run late, but he was very good. So certainly uh, an even heat if you go outside of Superstar. Indeed, so Opawa Superstar 3.5, Futures Market New Zealand TAB. Epic Cruise, good luck to uh, you, Andy, and the team there. Uh, 60 to 1 now, and Big Time Atomics at 81. Not, not the worst 80 to 1 shot you've seen. Might look out to the top three market for uh, Big Time Atomic. Andy, uh, in uh, semi-final number three, features our $3 favourite, uh, Futures favourite dog, seven, It's a Blaze. Clock 30.07, so he's certainly done for time, and he got to the lead reasonably early. Just sort of smacked of a fakey preparation. This dog's got improvement in him throughout the series uh, after that win. Yeah, it was a, an odd race from him, wasn't it? He, he sort of got to the lead relatively early, and uh, I think everybody, uh, myself included, was kind of just looking at the clock from that point on. Uh, down the back, like I said before, big time Atomic was able to range up outside of him. Now, I know Atomic's a fast dog, but uh, we sort of haven't seen dogs be able to get around. It's a blaze when he's found the lead. He's just been too strong, so... By its ablaze standards, thought the run was just fair, but uh, as we said last week, he was coming off the back of a 600 and it has been the Fahey plan to try and get him peaking, obviously, in a couple of weeks' time. So you can't go against him. It's ablaze. The wide draw hold no fears for him. Looks like a, a very, very winnable heat on paper. Cash stack, I thought, was good last week. Rosso uh, running second in behind Opar was superstar. Cumbria Lad good as well when uh, if he can clear cash stack before uh, cash stack goes uh, out to the middle of the track like he likes to do, then you'd think he'd have to be some sort of chance for Courtney Turnwald as well. Indeed, there's some early speed in that race. Number four, big time Panda. It's a blaze. $3 futures favourite. Hashtags at 18. Cumbria Lad at 21. Big time Panda at 60 to 1. Semi-final number four, uh, Andy. And here we look at a pretty even affair. There's a couple that are at $8 in the futures market. Tokyo Bird, who was a winner fresh for Craig Roberts, and No Keeper, who took the time honours. Already a Group 1 winner, of course, for Gary Cleave. 29 and 87, fastest heat winner. 
Yeah, this heat being made uh, very interesting, just solely down to the draw. Keeper coming up with a, a wide box. So far, he has been better when he's closer to the rail. He's a dog who, as we saw last week, he can begin clean enough, but then he tends to get burnt for pace and ends up in behind them. So from a wide draw, he's, he's just relying on it that little bit of luck that you need uh, through these types of series to make his way through. So he might just be a little bit vulnerable potentially. Uh, Tokyo Bird, obviously very good, fresh up. We hadn't seen her since the 5th of August. So off the back of a six or eight week lead up, she was very good and you would expect improvement from her. Uh, Gold Star Tanner's a dog we know has speed. Fairly able, was a good third and behind keeper, all been beaten a long way. Interested to get your thoughts around Mustang Charlie Rosso and, and what you think he's capable of, but I thought if there was to be a giant killer of a field like this, Quincy Bale off a wide draw. He's a greyhound who does have a really big motor. We have seen him break 30 seconds here. He's funny in the head. When he gets clear air and things his own way, he's a very, very fast dog, Quincy Bale. And from a wide draw, thought he was uh, some sort of chance as well. But, Rosso, like I said, keen to get your thoughts around Mustang Charlie. Obviously a greyhound out of the Cole team that you've seen more than I have. Uh, greyhound with a big reputation, a massive motor, but uh, just tends to let himself down in the early hunt. Yeah, he's not quick off the boxes. He's got a magnificent mid-race pace, and then he's peaking on his run over the 520 metres at Addington, Andy. So I, I did fear that he would even get knocked out at the heat stage. Well, he's made it to the semi-finals, and he gets into a heat where a semi where I think he's some sort of chance. But it's hard to see him being able to put it all together. He's got to get top two here, and that is not going to be easy. Got a dog, Simon the Pyman, in box number three, who ran up the track and took out big-time Kaylee there uh, in a heat. Things set up pretty well for Tokyo Bird, and we know no keeper's ability to come from back in the field. I agree with you on Quincy Bale, and he's a dog. He's at 60 to 1 for the futures, Andy, and uh, he might be worth a look. The top three market. Just quickly before we move on, um, the futures market says that the Fahis are looking good with It's a Blaze and a Power Superstar. Do you agree, or what's your biggest long shot if there is to be one? Uh, it's hard to go past those two as favourite, to be fair, just uh, just the way they are racing. Um, I'd be interested in, in some place, uh, you know, a greyhound like Leonard Bale, who could potentially find himself in front early on. Uh, obviously, the, the loyalty of me, Epic Cruise at 61, it'd be rude not to have a fiver each way on him. And uh, obviously, Quincy Bale, who obviously you need to be running one-two in these heats. Ros on, I think, off a wide draw, he can put himself right into contention. So if he makes his way through to the final uh, from a, a wide draw again, then he'd be some sort of each way play as well. Damien, as we come back to you, it's quite interesting. I mean, of course, we're looking forward to Thursday, the 11th of November, with three Group 1s on the card and a really good undercard. But for sheer straight-out chasing action, uh, this semi-final meeting tends to be one of the best of the year because we've just got the best greyhounds all collected in one place from around the country, uh, all centred in Christchurch Wednesday uh, afternoon, your time, sort of evening hours, will be a whole heap of chasing fun. Oh, absolutely, and hopefully it lives up to the anticipation. We'll take a break, and yourself, Rosso and Andy, will throw out some tips for the next 48 hours of Greyhound Racing. But before that, we'll head to the news. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook across the Tasman over there in New Zealand for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And Rosso, as I head to you, it's time to get your tips for the next 48 hours of Greyhound racing. 
Well, indeed. Uh, look, Damien, I'll stick with my local meeting. There's so much to choose from. We've got a meeting at Daddington that's about to start here with uh, one of Callum Weir's dogs going around in a few minutes as well. And uh, we've got uh, nine races from Monaco for the uh, Auckland Greyhounds this afternoon, the Wednesday meeting that we talked about. But I'll stick with Palmerston North tomorrow. That's the meeting that I will call a 12-race card. We start a fraction early tomorrow, 11.51 New Zealand time, 9.51 uh, there in Melbourne. Um, now, for the next, um, well, there's, there's four upcoming meetings uh, coming up where Greyhound Racing New Zealand have deemed they'll pay out double stakes because of um, the impact of COVID restrictions and the closure of the Hattrick uh, track at the moment in Wanganui and the loss of a couple of premier meetings in the North Island. So tomorrow is one of those days where there's going to be um, double stakes paid out, which is outstanding, Palmerston North. So we've got some really solid fields um, in race six, dog one, big time Hotu looks a right world chance there off the inside. None of these greyhounds are going to pay a great deal, but I think we can stack them up in a multi. Race seven, we're looking for number one as well, big time Cherry. Looking for the rail, this dog has dropped back to 410 metres, ran a good race for third on Friday, should be winning race seven. Race eight, number six, Wonder, uh, a good young dog for uh, Sammy Phillips out of the Taranaki. And uh, Wonder can win off the six there with another good beginning that she produced last start. Race nine, dog six, Allegro Ginny steps up in grade from a big maiden win's going to carry on winning. Don't see any issues there. Take the shorts around it. And race ten, dog two, Allegro Zippy. Uh, another stepping from maiden to class one, but drawn in nice and close. And I think a royal chance of taking that step up and winning instantly. So that's a handful. None of them are going to pay a great deal, but I think we get a decent multi going tomorrow. At Palmerston North for the North Island Delta Double Back Stakes for the first of four meetings uh, that are being paid out uh, the double stakes, which is uh, excellent from Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Andy, the dogs are a bark and some winners. Yeah, they're trying. It's uh, it's one of Robin Wales that's actually barking him. He's parked next to me. There's a blue dog just staring me in the face, barking its head off as if it knows it's being annoying. But never mind, that's okay. We'll deal with it. Um, I figure that we might as well just try and try and throw some, some winners out today since we're racing today at Eddington. It's on my back doorstep. So um, I'll put the mocker on a couple of Janines and then a couple from elsewhere. Uh, race four, number four, Bushvale, Briley. Uh, he's a funny dog, Briley, but he has got some good early speed. He's a nice little each way plays. $11.240 the place at the moment. Favourite in there, hard to beat, dropping back to 295 metres, but does look a touch short. So I thought Briley with his early speed might be able to put himself into the race there and offer some value. Race number five, a uh, dog that's been very disappointing to, you know, very hard to follow of late and, and a touch disappointing at times is no account. Drops from C2 and, and he's been racing in some really strong fields. He drops back into a class one race, comes up against Milky T who does have some speed, but no account's very strong. And if he can get the right run, he's way better than class one and 550 looks a, a nice little price around him. Uh, race seven, I think we take the shorts uh, around Jocelyn. She's very hard to beat. Just couldn't quite clear the dog to her inside here into the first corner at her last start but uh, she has speed to burn Jocelyn and uh, she should be making her way through the grades I think she's pretty hard to beat and then on to race number 11 now again there's a favourite in, in here at $2.20 who's hard to beat in Opawa Andrew but similar tactics to last week where he's got a hard rail and drawn immediately outside of him and Andrew does like to use up a little bit of the track he's a bit wayward uh, is Andrew which is funny enough but uh, Shaggy 
does like to rail Goldstar Shaggy outside of him, so I thought he might find some trouble. Dog and Seven likes to rail as well, so at $10, Homebush Macho off the outside. I thought that uh, Homebush Macho thought uh, he might just be able to get the way on them and swoop on them, on them into the corner. He's 10 bucks as well. Again, play him each way. It's a nice little feel, but if he can get the way on with a little ounce of luck, I don't think he'll be too far away. Excellent, Andy. Well, we've got those noted, and I guess um, the theory is money today, money tomorrow, and we're all set up for Melbourne Cup Day Tuesday, so that'll be the plan. Speaking of putting the mockers on dogs last week, you threw out two. One of them was Janine's Coffee Biscuit, staggered out about 10 lengths behind, but you certainly redeemed yourself later, and we're not blaming you for Coffee Biscuit, um, but um, Claws and Marvel, a nice $2.50 winner a little later on. To be fair, I could just about take the blame because I was out there with the black and whites on doing the handling as well and I nearly, nearly fell over having a heart attack when she wandered out 10 behind them. Uh, she goes around today as well, though, Rosso. $4.80 in the last race. Now, there's a good little field. There's a dog in there, Gold Star Nolan, who's very, very, very fast when she gets it right. She's run a 17.08, which is the fastest maid or joint fastest maiden to ever go around Eddington. But if we're playing Coffee Biscuit last week at $1.60, Rosso, we'd be a little bit silly not to have something on at $5 today. Uh, indeed, indeed, and we're only a minute out from the first there at Addington, and uh, Callum Ware, our guest earlier, his dog, number six, has just been pushed out uh, to $4 with the New Zealand TAB. That's gotcha, Kobe. Of course, he uh, cuts left, as Callum said. Let's just hope he can catch a, a good break there today. Andy, we're going to let you go now because um, I think you're handling there in race number four. Um, so uh, all the best with uh, those runners today it's going to be a great week looking forward to next week's kiwi chasing when we'll have the uh, the final fields for the three group ones to chew over yeah thanks for that rosso and uh, damien i'll leave the show in your capable hands it'll be interesting to uh, listen a little bit later on and see what scott eaton has to say about uh, his charge uh, that of course was a dead set freak and uh, yeah it was a shame to see him having to be retired earlier than uh, we would have liked but that's uh, racing unfortunately i'll go and handle some dogs i'll go and give robin's <laughs> dog a pat and thank him for his input into the show as well and we'll catch you boys next week <laughs> Oh, good stuff, yes, Andy. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, we had a fourth member of the show. Uh, I've enjoyed the uh, accompaniment there of Andy's dogs. We'll take a break and we'll have a chat with Scott Eaton on the other side. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing, the New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Woods. Um, but unfortunately, uh, those awards never took place. Awards, um, but unfortunately, uh, those awards never took place um, because of the Delta COVID outbreak in New Zealand. But Greyhound Racing New Zealand did this week announce the award winners, including the much-anticipated Greyhound of the Year, because there were four finalists and all had outstanding credentials. Federal Morgan being one, others being Middle Distance Greyhound of the Year, Leonard Bale. Our Trojan Horse Sprinter of the Year, who had a third fabulous season in a row, and our staying star, Shane E. But the overall winner, the Greyhound of the Year for New Zealand for the 2020-21 uh, season's Federal Morgan, owned by Scott Eaton. And Scott, look, welcome to the show. First and foremost, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks for having us on the show. Scott, um, Federal Morgan came to New Zealand with quite a reputation. But yep. from the time he was broken in, and I think he was broken in in the town of Federal, hence his name, did he always look to be something special? 
Yeah, look, I broke him in um, with the whole litter. Um, and from from day dot, he, uh, as a pup, he just loved to, like, he was just a relaxed dog, relaxed pup, never jumped. Um, it was quite a funny in, in the yard when he was with all his sisters because he was the only dog in the litter. It was eight girls and, and him. Um, would always let the girls eat first. Um, he would always come in second and then... Um, he was read at um, Federal Park um, with his sister, um, and I read all the Jillaby ones at, um, at my place here at Jillaby. And then, yeah, then we were breaking him in. He, he, um, his first couple of trials were you know, really good, and then he um, had a little, um, a little cracked fibula. So we gave him a bit of time off, and then um, my parents then took over and did the pre-training, and what 17 months old taking at 16 months he was quite young um 17 months old won his first race um at wentworth parking i think 304 305 and that's when we knew we had a pretty good dog on our hands and he was pretty good over there and um he ran fourth in the brisbane cup it was a a red hot field what then um, made you send him out to New Zealand, given that he was able to be competitive with some of the best greyhounds in Australia. Yeah, like he, um, like in Queensland, he was flying. He, um, he won the Young Stars, uh, the Young Guns, and at Ipswich, almost broke the track record there. And you know, we end up making the um, the final of the Brisbane Cup, and then we um, he went to Bundaberg, and um, well, he, he didn't jump like he normally did, and he essentially ran last and. Just a weird run from him, and and then um, the trainer gave him a couple of trials, two trials that I missed with the dog. He, he did the same thing with what should have been, and uh, we're just thinking, look, there's something I missed with the dog. He, he did the same thing with my parents when he went to the garden. He, he, only, he just went off a little bit, and um, then I made a decision. I um, I thought, look, the Zulby girls, and I made that hard decision. It was it was tough to be honest. It's, I copped a lot of flack from it, um, you know, from a lot of people and saying, you know, it was the wrong thing to do and whatever. And I thought, you know, just deep down he, he needed a change. And um, I put him on the plane and, um, yeah, then um, Brendan got him. So, um, Brendan and Lisa. So, um, you know, I, I, I was stand by my decisions and, um, you know, and I, I, to this day I think it was the right decision. So, um, but, yeah, he was competitive here. He, the uneven in that couple of Simon told Helen, um, hooked on Scotch, Black Opium won it. Um, oh, Mickey, they're, like, they're all Group One winners, and yeah, and and what is it? I, I, I wish you know, it's if another six months time and how he was going in New Zealand that same field. I tell you what, he would have given that because I, 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 in New Zealand, I think they put uh, we said Lisa and Brendan. Pro, I know what I put ten lengths on the dog. So scary to think how good he could well, have been as well. So. <laughs> exactly, Scott. Look, your courage paid off very quickly because um, he, he won here instantly. He picked up a couple of races at Cambridge on the Horseshoe Track uh, in the North Island, and then he um, he went down to Waddington. He won down there. His first defeat was to, uh, to Leonard Vale, who's been an outstanding uh, dual Group 1 winner himself. Uh, and obviously was in contention for the Greyhound of the Year. You picked up your first uh, Group 1. It was my pleasure to call him home in the Hattrick Classic in February. And I remember contacting you after that, and we had a chat on Zoom, uh, Scott, and you said, look, the incredible thing about this dog is that he can actually jump a whole lot better than those two, and it's lethal. Yeah, they, it was it was funny, though, because it, it took, and I don't know what it was, that those 
You know, at Cranbridge, I think, what are, you, um, what are you around, 25, 48 and 49 there first go, and you're in 30.02 at Addington. And and, and I said to Brendan, I said, he goes, he's not jumping. And I'm like, you know, he's got the strength. I, I think he's more of a sick. I said, mate, you, the dog can explode. I knew he, and I said, I, I don't know why he hasn't done it yet. Like I said, it's like his box speed is, is out of this world if he can jump. And then all of a sudden, it, it just started clicking with him. And like I think, what, 29.58 at Hattrick first go. Um, I think that was the fastest time of the year, um, which it was funny. Eclipsed his um, sister's um, time was 61. Um, so yeah, and it's all of a sudden he just then when he started jumping, he was just it, it was just it was next level. So. Yeah, and look, uh, after that uh, Hattrick Classic win, he broke Little Mother's track record at Manawatu. I thought that record was untouchable, Scott, but he shattered it yeah. with a run of 25.25 25 for 457 metres, and Little Mother is the greatest stakes earner we've ever had race in New Zealand. Yeah, well, it's funny. I, I spoke to Brendan straight after the race, and um, he was standing next to Ella, his, um, his daughter, and as soon as he jumped... Um, Brendan said, Ellie goes, the track record's gone today. And and that, that's what he said to her. And um, and I, look, I knew he was he was low flung because Drink Shoeys was behind him. And, you know, I've I seen Drink Shoeys here. He won the big um, Maitland Maiden and only good dogs win that. And you know, and he was five in front. And he just, and as soon as he went over the line, I thought, geez, he's run some time here. And I, then I, I know you're saying, oh, I'm scared to look at the clock. And I've watched that replay. I, I could nearly tell you how you actually called the race, Mark. And, um, yeah, just, um, <laughs> yeah, so he's... But I knew, like, he, he was he was low-flying then and, yeah, to break that track record. And then I started getting messages off New Zealanders going, like, that that's just insane. And, you know, and I, I never thought... That he's the best dog that's ever landed in New Zealand and that no-one thought that record would be broken. So, you know, it, like, yeah, everything had to go... It was probably the right track, the right conditions. So, um, but you still got to break the record. And um, and yeah, when you speak to Lisa and Brendan uh, about um, Little Mother, they they they, hire, they hold her in such high caliber. Just to break, break that record was you know probably one of his high or one of his biggest highlights. To be honest. Um, Scott, we're um, running shy on time, but you had uh, yep. two outstanding highlights. Um, obviously with the Manawatu track record, the Auckland Cup at the end of March, and then, of course, unfortunately, when he looked on track to win the amazing chase, he, uh, he, he broke down at, uh, at Manukau. But, um, look, I, I understand that uh, he's still here and uh, that we might be able to draw some straws off him in New Zealand before he heads back home. Yeah, he's, he's at the stud now, and, yeah, um, we're getting a lot of interest and um, like he's breeding and you know, second to none. His box speed, you know, which I know that you know, that everyone's looking at him. He's you know, had the strength, so only you know, I don't, I know he won't be like here in Australia. There's, there's a lot of basket dogs, but you know, he'll, he'll, um, I think he'll do very well at the stud. So.